the Zamfanet Parties, your podcast for learning more about the world around you. I'm Parth Shukla. This episode, we look into pigeons, why they're so good with an urban lifestyle, story of the world's most famous pigeon, and a conversation with a professional modern-day pigeon trainer. Pigeons are annoying, disease-carrying bundles of feather, and they're amazing. To make that sentence transition easier to understand, let me throw some history and perspective at you. The domesticated pigeon is older than the domesticated cat. Those many years of repression has to result to something, right? Pigeons have become such a permanent fixture in our urban landscapes that cities would seem oddly vacant without them. While most people treat pigeons like rats with things, few of us stop and think, man, how do they get everywhere? Today, there are over 400 million pigeons in the world, most of them being city dwellers. These creatures are actually descendants of the ancient rock dove. As the name suggests, the creature prefers the scenic beauty of a coastal cliff than the everyday conveniences of the city life. Around 10,000 years ago, the people of ancient Mesopotamia, or modern-day Iraq, and Egypt began coaxing these doves into human-inhabited areas, encouraging them to breed on their land so they could be eventually eaten as livestock. This half-sex-for-food scheme worked so well that we pretty much had trained our food to come back to us. This scheme is also one app away from being the next big thing in tech and somehow a proposed solution for the millennial housing crisis. Since the pigeons had already crossed the roads and entered the kitchen, the young birds called squab became prized as a source of protein and fat. People then began domesticating and breeding these birds, creating the subspecies that led to the diverse nature of the urban pigeon as we know today. With the rise in other poultry, the humans realized that pigeons had way more uses in the world than to be just used for their meat. In classical human fashion, it took years of subduing, neglect, and power over another set for humans to realize the potential of a creature and treating it better than yet another bag of flesh. By the 1600s, rock doves, non-native to the United States, had reached North America, transported by ships in the thousands. Rather than being a food source, it's most likely that the birds were brought across from Europe to satiate the growth of pigeon breeding trend among the hobbyists. Pigeons are naturally cliff dwellers, and tall buildings do a pretty great job at mimicking cliffs. Cities became the perfect backdrop for the pioneering pigeon success. With the number of urban pigeons rising by the day, they could no longer be caged. Now the urban pigeon was free, and the world was its clamshell. Over time, pigeons have been worshipped as fertility goddesses, 
have served every superpower since ancient Egypt and delivered the results of the first Olympics. Throughout it all, pigeons demonstrated an uncanny ability to find their way back home from almost any distance. How did they do this without GPS? Especially considering you start questioning the intentions of your Uber driver at the first turn in disagreement of Google Maps. There is a few theories that put it to use the sun, the Earth's magnetic field, but the strongest of evidence suggests that these guys mostly rely on smells and good old-fashioned landmarks. Sleek and well-fed pigeons, busy raising families of more. The fact that a pigeon could return home from pretty much anywhere made them extremely valuable during wartime. Not to mention, they don't require much food, are easy to carry around, and don't even need a handler. With the ability to traverse the skies at highway speeds, not getting easily distracted, and much more reliable than animals on land, they acted as an unlikely ally. This led to pigeons finding home in every branch of service. Now I'm no gun-toting, quick-drawing, war-loving type, but even I can't deny that war can sometimes produce glorious stories, economic booms, and lead to scientific progress. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Now, many of us have heard of the Lost Battalion and know some of the story, but what is not commonly known is the role of a remarkable pigeon named Cher Ami. That little bird became probably the most popular pigeon ever and my favorite hero of World War I. In October 1918, the Lost Battalion were trapped behind enemy lines barraged by Germans for five days. To save them, the Americans started dropping artillery shells, but without knowing the battalion's exact location, they dropped some on their own troops. The battalion had to send word of their position to escape this shoot-first-logic-next mentality. With fire raining down on them from all sides, Cher Ami was now the last chance for the Lost Battalion to walk off that hill alive. The brave bird flew straight into German fire, dodging bullets as she went. By the time she reached her loft 25 miles away, she was shot and gravely injured. However, the message was received. Cher Ami saved about 200 lives that day. Army medics nursed her back to health and crafted her a wooden leg. The French awarded Cherami the Croix de Guerre for her valor, and she now rests taxidermied at the Smithsonian Museum. Imagine fighting an entire war, leaving your friends and family behind, seeing your new friends and family die, living a life filled with PTSD, and then seeing a pigeon being treated better than you. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower. All of them used pigeons, but war never changes. We used to love using pigeons for our benefit, but where are they now? Turns out, 
visions have found their way into the exotic, potentially multi-billion dollar world of pigeon racing. Yes, it is a thing. And if you're just as confused about it as I was, don't worry, I've brought an expert. My name is Jelle Rozier. I'm from Ittigem, that's uh, in the province of Antwerp in Belgium. My grandfather on both sides, great-grandfather on father's side, uh, my father, uh, uncle's family uh, of my grandmother. Uh, we're all racing pigeons from way back to the 40s, 50s, just after the World War II. And then, yeah, later on, my father uh, and my uncles also started, and that's how I, I end up in the pigeon game. Did you have to like pigeons, or were you actually into it? Yeah, I was fascinated right away. Uh, in the beginning, I was, was helping uh, at my grandfather, cleaning a lot, uh, waiting for the pigeons, uh, things like that. But then in 1995, I had my own uh, loft uh, of uh, two meters by two meters. A few years I was less in the pigeon game. I was more uh, having fun with the girls and, and, and uh, going to the bars and all that, that shit. Uh, but uh, then 2011, it's my business. I, I started a business with my pigeons and uh, that I'm now already nine years self-employed. So how does the pigeon race even work? So when we fly a national race, we have several clubs all over the country and then people go to the club in their area, they ship the pigeons, but now with the corona it was totally different, but before the corona people come together, have fun, uh, drink something, talk about birds, and then we ship the birds, they have an electronic band around their leg, let's say we fly now next Saturday, we ship tonight for Saturday, a national race from Bourges. Every loft has its own coordinates and then when you clock a pigeon, they calculate the speed of the bird and the guy with the highest speed is the winner. Would you say pigeons are a part of your Belgian pride? Next to beer, chocolates and cheese, uh, we have our pigeons. Can you tell me about how did you train your pigeons? At the age of 25, 26 days or something, then you take it from the parents away, you put it in the race loft. Then after two days, I. I take the pigeon or the, the young birds, I put them in a basket and I put them outside on the landing board. They stay an hour, two hours over there. Then I call those birds in. And then when they come in, you train them with small seeds and peanuts and they learn to go away from the loft and to come back. So I can train a pigeon to do whatever I want? The pigeon is really smart and if you, if you just work with peanuts, you can let a pigeon do what you want. <laughs> Yeah, they love it. <laughs> Do you have something to say about pigeons to the people listening? Pigeons are the sign of peace and pigeons helped a lot of people in, in, in wars 100 years ago. We uh, treat our birds like athletes. Be nice to them and be nice to everybody. It's helping everybody, I think. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. Thank you, El, for coming on the show. Brazilian prison authorities have discovered a new smuggling scheme used in jails. Carrier pigeons are used to deliver drugs and mobile phones to inmates. Not too long ago, a pigeon was sold for 1.4 million US dollars. Pigeons today are winning prize money that would put golf players to shame. 
So the next time you see a pigeon, don't curse them out in disgust. You just may be looking at a bird valued higher in the black market than you with all your functional organs combined. Pigeon racing is still a niche and still a long way before it gets covered on ESPN. Throughout the history of pigeons, we trained them, then changed them, and with the exception of pigeon racers, we've left them. Multiple millennia of working together, only to be left eating fries off a McDonald's back alley, they deserve to be treated better. They are angry, they are tired, and they know us. We abandoned them, so now they take revenge by shitting on our windshields. All the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. <laughs> Every Sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park. I'm Fun at Parties is written, edited and produced by me, Parth Shukla. This episode was recorded out of my brother's walk-in closet in the beautiful Berlin, Germany. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Hope this one was fun, and I'll see you at the next one. My pulse will be quickening with each drop of strickening we feed to a pigeon. It just takes a smidgen to poison a pigeon in the park.